0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to the American Ambulance EMS Podcast. I'm Dr. Danielle Campaign, American Ambulance's Medical Director. I'm here with our fantastic co hosts Dr. Patil Armenian and Dr. Sajan Bhakta. Hello.
1: Hi, everyone.
0: Today, we're going to be talking about monkeypox vaccines.
1: Who serves a million people in the valley? We do.
2: The brave men and women of the AA are the best at what they do in EMS today. The finest place in the world to be. Is right here as a part of American's family
1: Help is on the way, got a unit en route No matter the problem, when in doubt we send them out Sure as the sun rise, sure as I bust this rhyme Ten minutes or less, every call, every time This is my career path, this is what I do The double A's, red, white, and blue Get your call on, here comes American Get your lights on, here comes American Get your gurney on, here comes American Get your gloves on, here comes American Get your save on
0: So let's jump right in. You know, do monkeypox vaccines work? Do you need protection? Um, let's hear Sajin kick us off on everything we need to know about monkeypox vaccines.
1: So please listen back to our episode number 71 to learn all about the basics of the virus and infection. As a brief reminder, monkeypox has been present in the world, mostly in Africa, for over 50 years. However, since about mid-May, it 2022, there's been a dramatic rise in monkeypox cases reported in the U.S. As of September 23rd, 2022, there have been 24,846 confirmed cases reported by the CDC and one death in the U.S. There have been about 4,886 of those in California. and Globally, over 65,000 cases have been confirmed with 26 deaths. The seven day average of cases in the US has almost halved from the end of August to the middle of September. So that's an overall positive trend. Since our last episode, we have seen the first death attributed to monkeypox in the US. The reports that are public is that it was a male in Los Angeles who was severely immunocompromised, became very ill, and was hospitalized for several days before he passed. Globally, the reported monkeypox cases that have been reported, the published mortality rate is about 0.04%. And the single case in the U.S. makes the mortality rate here 0.004%. So overall pretty low. It still is a overall fairly self-limiting benign illness.
2: So let's talk about pathophysiology for a moment. Um, Monkeypox transmission is from human to human, from infected open sores that come in contact with mucous membranes or cuts in an uninfected person's skin. Transmission through fomites and respiratory contact can occur. However, this is thought to be much less common for example, samples collected from infected person's throats and noses have much less viral particles than skin sores. The monkeypox virus itself is a type of orthopox virus, which is the same family as smallpox. Because smallpox was such a deadly disease, there were several treatments and vaccines aimed towards smallpox that we are now utilizing for monkeypox. Just to give a brief historical aside, The eradication of smallpox is often thought of as one of global health's greatest accomplishments. Smallpox was a pretty terrible disease with a very high mortality rate. And as early as the 10th century, there are reports of variolation or intentional exposure to infected people to try and prevent severe disease later on. In 1796, finally, a British scientist discovered that exposure to the cowpox virus created immunity to smallpox. This vaccinia virus could protect against even mild smallpox disease for at least five years, and severe disease or death for up to 20 years. It took many years to mass-produce the vaccine. Ultimately, the last natural outbreak in the United States occurred in 1949, In 1959, the World Health Assembly created a program to try to eradicate smallpox globally, and by 1980, it had been declared eradicated. There have been no naturally occurring infections since, in the whole world. The vaccine fell out of production as there was no longer a need for it, and there are still small samples of the virus in controlled locations, for example, in the CDC and other centers around the world for research purposes. Now, in October 2001, there was an anthrax bioterrorism event that changed public health's view on formerly eradicated viruses. A plan was created to have a stockpile of vaccines for viruses, even if natural infection does not occur, in the case of a large spread of accidental or intentional release of these viruses. New stocks of smallpox vaccine were developed, stockpiled, and approved, and this vaccine is called ACAM2000. More recently, a second-generation smallpox vaccine with an improved safety profile was developed and approved, which is the Modified Vaccinia Ankara slash Gineos. This updated form of the vaccinia virus has large deletions in its genome that do not allow it to replicate in mammalian cells, making it essentially harmless to humans.
0: So let's go through these vaccines together. But first, just take note, it's kind of crazy how before Facebook, before these things, the world got together and actually eradicated a virus. It's really a neat feat. All right, let's jump into talking about the different vaccines themselves. Sajin, why don't you talk about the ACAM2000?
1: The ACAM2000 is the attenuated live virus, which is replication competent. It's a single-dose vaccine, and it's approved for the prevention of smallpox, Again, this was typically stockpiled by the CDC and requires special authorization to obtain. However, for the 2022 outbreak, it can be used for monkeypox under an expanded access investigational new drug policy. The administration of this vaccine is quite unique. It actually is an intradermal injection, so it just goes underneath the skin. It requires a process called scarification, and you actually have to get poked 15 times to form a small wound. And that wound actually has active live virus. And so you can actually spread the virus from that wound to other body parts or to even to other people. So you actually have to keep that area isolated. And after about two weeks, your body will develop an immune reaction. It will scar that area and create immunity. The reason we do it this way is because Inoculation of the skin appears to provide better immunity than other methods. And you're thought to have peak immunity about 28 days after the first dose. In one study, some volunteers demonstrated immunity for up to 75 years after administration. So that's pretty amazing. The caveat to the immunity is that there is were some safety issues because this is a live virus. Even though it is a weaker form of the virus, it's still alive. And so in a large study in 2003, um, there was a program that gave over 38,000 doses to first responders. There were a total of only a 100 serious adverse events. These included generalized vaccinia, which is sort of generalized uh, fatigue syndrome, one case of encephalitis, 21 cases of myocarditis or pericarditis, and also 10 cases of an unexpected ischemic cardiac event. So they modified the guidelines to giving this vaccine to implement contraindications These contraindications were for history of heart disease or major cardiac risk factors, severe immunocompromised status, such as active HIV or recent bone marrow transplant. If you were pregnant or if you were under 18, they precluded you from getting this vaccine. And so overall, very effective, does provide immunity, overall pretty safe, but there have been some case reports of some severe reactions.
0: Let's jump in and talk about the MVA vaccine now. This is made from a highly attenuated, non-replicating vaccine and virus that is well tolerated even in immunocompromised patients. This is a two-dose subcutaneous series that you're given 4 weeks apart. And they get peak immunity about 2 weeks after the second dose. It has been approved for prevention of smallpox and monkeypox. The duration of immunity is really unknown. Organizations recommend redosing every two years for those with continued exposures, like researchers or clinicians who work in high risk settings or lab workers. The MVA vaccine can be used as a booster for those who have already received the ACAM 2000 vaccine previously. Now, this is a non replicating virus, thus, it can be typically be administered safely with other vaccines. The caveat is that there is a very small risk of myocarditis with the vaccine of virus. There have been cases of myocarditis after the COVID vaccines. Thus, it may be safer to wait about four weeks in between doses of these different vaccines. However, if someone recently received a COVID vaccine and had a high risk of of exposure to monkeypox, the current recommendations are to not wait and just go ahead and receive the monkeypox prophylaxis vaccine. No other complications have been reported. The MBA vaccine does contain trace amounts of ciprofloxacin and gentamicin, which are antibiotics. Thus, anaphylaxis to these components are contraindications. It should be used with caution in patients with an egg allergy since the vaccine virus is grown in a chicken embryo fibroblast. Patia, why don't you walk us through indications for this? So who would get these vaccines?
2: Um, Okay, so indications are broken up into pre-exposure prophylaxis and post-exposure prophylaxis. So for pre-exposure prophylaxis, in 2021, the Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices voted to recommend the use of the MVA vaccine for certain workers at high risk for ca- occupational exposure to orthopox virus infection. So these would be research laboratory personnel and specialized clinical laboratory personnel performing diagnostic testing for orthopox viruses, designated response team members who are at risk for occupational exposures to orthopox viruses, in consultation with local public health authorities. Now there are no official guidelines for the 2022 outbreak. However, the vaccine has been offered in certain locations to healthcare workers where cases are the highest. Previous data from Africa suggests that the smallpox vaccine ACAM2000 is at least 85% effective in preventing monkeypox. The effectiveness of the MVA vaccine against monkeypox was concluded from a clinical study on the immune response and efficacy data from animal studies.
1: Now let's talk about the post-exposure prophylaxis. So these are categorized by your risk based on the duration and amount of exposure. So the highest exposure is sexual or intimate contact involving mucous membranes with the source patient confirmed with monkeypox, or direct contact with active lesions to broken skin, or being within six feet of a known monkeypox patient during an aerosolizing procedure without an N95 mask. So if you meet one of these three criteria, you meet criteria to obtain the vaccine and you'll closely monitor for any symptoms for 21 days. The next highest category of risk is presumed exposure. This is Gender diverse people who have sex with men, who have had sex with multiple partners, sex at a commercial event, or sex in a high-risk transmission geographic area. These patients are also eligible to get the vaccine, and you'll closely monitor for 21 days to make sure you don't have any symptoms. Now, many healthcare workers might fall under the intermediate risk, which is being within six feet for three hours or more, which is cumulative of an unmasked person with monkeypox without wearing a mask. You can have contact between an exposed individual's intact skin with skin lesions or body fluids from a source patient confirmed with monkeypox. Or if you have intact skin exposure to any materials that have contacted skin lesions or body fluids from a person with monkeypox. And these are determined on a case-by-case basis. So typically, with your public health agency, either by the county or by the state, they will discuss with the health authorities to determine if that meets criteria for post-exposure vaccination. Again, 21 days of monitoring uh, to make sure you don't have any symptoms. And the lowest risk is being in the living space of a person with monkeypox without direct exposure. And these exposures do not require post-exposure vaccination, and you're just going to monitor yourself for 21 days. So if you are eligible for vaccination, post-exposure vaccination, you should be vaccinated within four days. You can consider vaccination up to 14 days, but the highest efficacy has been shown within four days of exposure. During the current 2022 outbreak, One report described 276 patients who received their first dose of the vaccine about 11 days after an exposure to a patient with monkeypox, and 14 patients did end up developing infection out of the 276. None developed severe infection, and in most cases, infection developed about five days following the first dose of the vaccine. So most of us are going to fall in the lower, the intermediate risk category. Um, if you've been around the person um, who's later confirmed to have monkeypox without direct contact with the lesion, um, or you have intact skin and you may have touched something that someone else has touched with their skin lesion or body fluid, um, these don't require post-exposure vaccination, but you should talk with your doctor and talk to your local health authorities to determine on a case-by-case basis if you think that you had a high-risk exposure.
0: And I just want to emphasize really quickly that this is why we have our universal precautions in place. So any patient you go on, you should have your N95 on or your KN95 and you wear gloves before you touch anybody. And so if you're using universal precautions, this will not be an issue. So let's jump to our take-home points, summary take-home points. Patio. Patio.
2: Well, that was a good take-home point, which is universal precautions and PPE. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to repeat that one.
0: Perfect. Sajin.
1: For healthcare workers, really the main areas of reasons why you would get post-exposure vaccination is when you have direct contact of your broken skin with any active lesions from a patient, or if you're around the patient when they're getting an aerosolizing procedure and you don't have an N95 on.
0: And my take on point is these newer MVA vaccine is a much better side effect profile. It seems to be better tolerated than the previous ACAM 2000, but really both should work. So if you get exposed and you're high risk and it's recommended, um, consider getting the vaccine. All right. Thanks, everyone.
1: Thanks, everyone.
2: Thank you. podcast at AmericanAmbulance.com. Once again, that's podcast at AmericanAmbulance.com.
1: Thanks. Thank you for joining us on the American Ambulance EMS podcast, produced by American Ambulance in Fresno, California. The views of the guests and the hosts of this show are their own and don't necessarily reflect the views of American Ambulance or UCSF Fresno. The theme song for the show is written and performed by Roshan Roach. The beats were created by Young Pear and Brett Schoenwald. And I'm John Mark Bergen, American Ambulance's media producer, saying thanks for joining us. Have a great shift and stay safe out there.